Hey, I'm Steve Gabriel, and I'm thrilled that we have this time together. I pray that God would help you to understand how great He is and how great His plan is for your life. Come on, let's enjoy God together. This month, our theme is Hope is here. And I don't believe there's been a year that more needed that message than 2020. I mean, let's all be honest. We're really happy that we are almost done with this year and another year is about to open up. 2020 has been a year full of unseen to us challenges, of unknown to us circumstances, but none of it was unknown or unseen to our all-knowing, all-powerful God. And so we want to make sure that this month we close out the year with the message that actually is the entire message and the entire meaning of Christmas, that hope is here right now. Hope's not delayed. Hope's not coming soon. Hope is here. His name is Jesus. And that is the message of Christmas. For so many people, the Christmas message has become this story that they almost view as a fairy tale or a fable. But for us as believers, I believe we have to be the signpost to the real meaning in this season, to the real message that is inside all of those layers that life has added to it. It's not about the parties. It's not about Santa Claus. It's not about all the trimmings and the turkey, as good as all that stuff is. Maybe this year more than ever, because of the way that our Christmas has been restricted, because we can't be out partying, because we can't be as with as many friends and family. Maybe that means that there's actually an opportunity for people to ask the question, what is it really about? If I can't be with my friends, if I can't be out partying, if I can't be at the office work party, what actually is Christmas about? Maybe that's where we get an opportunity like never before to enter those questions with the answer. The real meaning is that hope is here and there's never been a time when people don't more need that message of hope. Hope arrived in the form of a savior, in the form of a baby in a manger. Hope came down. The Bible tells us in Isaiah that this child that was born, this gift that was given, he was to be a wonderful counselor. He was to be our mighty God. He was to be the Prince of Peace and our everlasting Father. All of those things were the hope that were wrapped up in this baby that was born in the stable. And so I want us to understand fully that hope is here. We have to fully understand it before we can deliver that message to anyone else. And maybe this year you've lost sight a little that hope is here. Maybe you've lost hope in the busyness and in the confusion and in all of the noise of the world this year. Maybe you have been in the vicinity of hope, but you've lost your proximity to hope. And so we have to get back to where hope is so that we can help others find hope. And that's what I want to do with us today on the opening of this theme. I want to ask you if hope is here, why are you over there? 
Have you ever been to a shopping mall? Right now we are restricted in our shopping, but usually at Christmas we'd find ourselves in a big shopping mall. Maybe you drive to one that's not far from where you live, or maybe you go into one that's nearby. These big centers that have so many stores in them. And if you're anything like me, you're going to that shopping mall with one particular store that you know that you know you're going to find the things you want in. You're heading towards that store, but because the mall is so big and maybe a little unfamiliar to you and there are so many floors and so many other stores and so many trimmings and decorations it's very easy to get distracted and it's very easy to get disorientated you're in the vicinity of the store you want but you can't quite locate its proximity and I think that's what happens in our life and I think that's what's happened for a lot of people this year. It's kind of like you're, you're on, on the right direction, you're in the right area and yet hope is not actually where you are, you're more over here. And so if you're in the mall and you kind of get lost and you get a little bewildered, what do you do? You go to one of the maps, you go to one of those big store maps and you're looking for what it is that you need to find, a map that maybe looks a little like this and you're looking for hope and the map, you find out, oh, oh, that's what I need, hope is here. But then on the same map, there's often a little arrow that marked out and that arrow lets you know, well, actually I know hope's here, but you're over here or you're over here. And you realize I have to go on a journey from where I am if I want to find where hope is. That's what I believe this message is to help you do. And this, I believe, is what we are called to do for others. You know, if you ever get lost on that large mall and you're lost in that large store, you'll often look for either a map. And if you can't find a map, what else do you look for? You look for someone that works there. They're usually wearing a jacket of a certain color or a name tag. And you look for them. Why? Because they know where things are. And you go to them and you ask them and you say, can you show me where this particular star is? And they'll give you the directions to get you on the right path. And, and there's a trust that comes with their information because you know they're experienced. But have you ever asked someone that doesn't work at the store, that doesn't work in the mall for directions? And maybe that person was a little directionally challenged or didn't quite know their left from their right. And where they tried to be helpful, they actually became more of a hindrance because the directions they gave you sent you in the total wrong direction. Let's think about our world. Let's think about people right now that are lost in the confusion, that are distracted by everything that's going on. They need people that know where hope is. They need people that know how to point them in the direction of peace, in the direction of truth, in the direction of light. And yet so many times they're asking people that are confused themselves and they're getting sent to look for hope in all the wrong places. They're getting sent to all the different places where people think, well, maybe you'll find hope in a relationship. Maybe you'll find hope in a lottery scratch card. Maybe you'll find hope in a tarot reading session. People are pointing them all over the place in step the church to say, I know where hope is. Hope has a name. Hope is a person and the person is Jesus. Hope has a place where it can come and reside in your life and in mine. We have to be those that know hope is here. So wherever people are, we can point them towards hope. So what about us? In our lives, where are we on the map with hope? If hope is here, why are you over there?
I want to locate some places that maybe you have found yourself this year and you weren't even aware of it. And I'm going to use the Christmas story to do that because the Christmas story is full of people that were used by God to be signposts to hope. But in order for that to happen, they had to move from where they were to where hope was. What about the story of Zachariah and Elizabeth? Let's start there. You might think, well, that's not the story of Christmas, but they were going to be used to be those that would help point towards hope. They were going to be the ones that would raise and the ones that would carry this child, John the Baptist, whose mission in life was to point people to say hope is here. Hope is on its way. Hope is over there. He would have this job of signposting, preparing the way. And so Zachariah and Elizabeth, these, these righteous people, the, the priest was Zachariah and Elizabeth, his faithful wife that served God wholeheartedly, one day get news that hope is coming, that they're going to be guiding people, pointing people to hope being here. You would think that would be good news for them, right? They, they were a couple that had always wanted a child. They were a couple that had always wanted to have their own family. And yet his wife was barren and yet that promise had not happened. And so this was a day where hope arrived. Hope was here. And this is what happens because hope came, but Zachariah was over there. And so it says in Luke 1 that the angel comes and stands before Zachariah and tells Zachariah that your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you're to call him John and he will be a joy and a delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. This is good news. He is, and then he goes on to say, this is your prayer has been answered. And then it goes on to tell you Zachariah's response. And it says in verse 18, Zachariah asked the angel, well, how can I be sure of this? I am old. My wife is well along in years. Zachariah, hope is here. But Zachariah was over there. If you were to look at a mall map, I'd suggest that Zachariah was in the department of disappointment. Hope is here, but Zachariah is there. And maybe you can identify with Zachariah today. Maybe you are hearing me say, well, hope's here, peace is here. And yet there's something about this year that has placed you in the department of disappointment. And you'd be like, how can this be? I, I, I don't even see a way forward. Zachariah answers the angel with this negativity because of this disappointment that he's lived with for so long. And now to him, hope is here, but hope is too late. Hope is here, but hope can't help him in the way that he thought hope would. And maybe this year you've had disappointment and setback. And maybe somehow you thought that you were where hope was. But as I'm speaking, you're realizing I'm not living where hope lives. I don't talk like there's hope for the future. I don't, I don't believe and plan like there's hope for something good to happen. I guess this year in everything that's gone on, I got lost in the mall, as it were. I got lost in the floor plan of what God had for my future. And maybe right now as I'm speaking, you have to be honest, hope is here, but you are there. You're in the department of disappointment. But how do you get from there to there? Well, you have to follow the pathway. You have to go on the journey of moving your life from there to there. See what I did there? It moved all by itself. 
Who said I would never use technology? But you know what? That's what we're after, moving you from there to there. And guess who has to move? You have to move. Guess who had to move in Zachariah's story? He had to move. Now, the way he moved was a little drastic, and so I have to warn you, there might be some drastic things you have to do to get from where you are so you can say, hope is here. The angel, in response to Zachariah's disappointment, said, well, I am Gabriel, and I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. What is your problem? But now your response means that you will be silent and you'll not be able to speak until hope is here, until the day this happens, until you believe my words. And so now he is silenced. And you know, that might sound severe and it was severe, but there's something that you have to do to get to where hope is if you're living in a place of disappointment. You have to silence the voices. You have to silence the thinking. You have to silence the confessions that are keeping you over there while hope is here. And there was something about this moment that, that the angel was trying to let Zachariah know. Now, when you leave here, if you don't leave here signposting to hope, if you don't leave here in agreement that hope is on its way, then you're going to contaminate and confuse others. You're going to be one of those people in the mall sending people in the wrong direction. And God knew the next person that would have to know hope is here was Elizabeth. Elizabeth that was going to need to incubate and carry this child. And so Zachariah could be a wrong signposting and so he would became quiet. Maybe you just need to be quiet. Maybe there's a stillness that you need to step into so that you can receive that hope is here, so you can acknowledge that hope is here. Maybe you need to quiet some things down and say, no, hope is here. He is the Prince of Peace. He is Almighty God. He is my Father. He is Emmanuel, God with me. Hope is here. Elizabeth, she wasn't in the department of disappointment but my suggestion would be probably Elizabeth was living in the pharmacy of inadequacy. That's where she was on the map because she'd lived all her life being barren and she'd lived all her life with the stigma that that represented. She'd not been able to produce what she thought she could. And maybe this year, maybe you have felt more than ever before a sense of barrenness. Maybe you've just felt a sense of you can't actually make happen what you wanted to make happen. Maybe you've felt a sense of grief or a sense of loss. She dealt with all of that. So when hope arrived and the news that she was going to be pregnant arrived, she now has to battle with these feelings of so much loss, so much time that's lost, so much inadequacy in her own physical being to now be a carrier of hope. And she begins to articulate some of that inadequacy that she'd felt when in response to her realizing that she was now conceiving and having a child, it says, the Lord is doing this for me and in these days he is showing me favor to take away my disgrace among the people. For her, what she'd lived with for so long had been labeled by others as shame and disgrace. She was so aware of what she was not able to do that it had made her shut down the possibility of what God could do. 
And maybe you feel inadequate this year because of a job situation that's changed, because of a relationship that broke down, because of a barrenness in your own life emotionally or mentally or in a way physically or financially. All those things can make us feel shame, disgrace, like we are not fit for purpose. But if you're living in this area and the news is hope is here, you have to do what she did, which was you have to be courageous. You have to be courageous to move from inadequacy to hope. You have to be courageous to say, I don't know how, but God, I'm trusting somehow. God, I don't know how I get from here to here, but it's going to take me believing and being courageous. And Elizabeth was courageous. She had a husband who couldn't support her. He couldn't even speak to her. She was on her own and she'd been shunned by a lot of her community because of what had happened to her and this sense of disgrace that was on her. And yet she was bold enough to receive this miracle. She was in seclusion, the Bible tells us, for months in that beginning stages of hope arriving in her life. And so in isolation and seclusion, she had to be courageous. And maybe that's your story. For hope to be here, for hope to be where you are, you've got to move from this place of feeling inadequate to saying, no, I'm going to be courageous and believe for a miracle. What about Joseph? Joseph in this story, he has to move from where he is. He's over there in this area of his life where he realizes the news that Mary is going to have a child is a huge inconvenience, massive. I mean, Joseph had a plan and his plan looked like marrying Mary and then down the line having children with Mary. Suddenly hope is here and it messes up his plans. You know, God does not fit inside our plans. You know, the Bible tells us in Jeremiah 29 that God knows the plans he has for you. And those plans are to give you a hope and a future. You know, you've got to understand that when it says God knows, God's knowing and your knowing are two very different things. See, I can make plans based on my knowledge. Like I planned to have a birthday party a couple of years ago in the garden, set it all up. But my plan was based on my limited knowledge of the weather. And I thought it would be a great idea to have an outdoor party until it decided to have torrential rain on that day. I had a plan, but it was based on my limited knowledge. But when God makes a plan, he is not limited in any knowing. He knows exactly what comes next. So when God's plan involves you changing your plans, guess what? You need to trust the voice of hope. You need to trust the one who is the Prince of Peace because his plan may look inconvenient, but his plan is moving you from where you are to where hope is. So maybe you feel like, well, this is inconvenient and that's where you are. That's where Joseph was. But he had to move from a place of inconvenience to the place where hope was. And maybe that's the journey you've been on this year. This year has not been convenient, but hope is here. Keep moving towards it. It's not been convenient to even gather or do church. We've had to think of all different ways to do it. But you know what? You keep moving because hope is here. It's good news. What about Mary? Mary, she has re receiving the news, hope is here, Mary. You're going to be a carrier of this hope. Mary, I know this is, this is a, a, a big news day. I mean, imagine that. Imagine being this young, young woman who has no concept that this is coming. And suddenly she's visited by this angel and this complete news is unloaded in her life. 
you know, the Bible says that Mary was greatly troubled and the angel had to say to her, fear not. And maybe you're on the map and you're, if this was a mall, you'd be in the food cart called fear. You're in that place where you're feasting on fear. This year, maybe your fear has gone to an all-time high. And sometimes when hope is here, hope has to, has to ask you to leave fear because fear and hope can't reside in the same place. What fear will not permit, hope wants to permit. What fear will lock down, hope wants to open up. And maybe you're going to have to leave where you are. You're in a place of fear. And you're going to have to do what Mary did and have faith and move towards the place where hope is. It took faith for her to move from fear to hope. It took faith for her to say these words in response to the angel, let it be so. Let it be. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I have so many questions. But faith says, God, I am saying, let it be so. Let what you're saying be so in my life. That's the words of faith. I don't know whether you're disappointed. I don't know whether you're feeling inadequate, whether you sense an inconvenience or whether you have fear. But all of these places that we can say, that's where I am, we have to move from them to where hope is. To where hope is. Because hope changes things. You know, it took courage to leave inadequacy. It took a sense of obedience to leave inconvenience. It took faith to leave fear. And it took actually just being quiet and learning to trust to leave disappointment. We need to take the journey. If hope is here, why are you over there? In every single one of these stories, something changed in every person's life when they moved towards hope. You know, it says that when, when finally Zachariah realized this hope is here and he was willing to name hope the name, jo name John, the name that God had told him, it says that his tongue was loosed and his confession in front of everybody who said, why would you choose the name John? His confession was, this is John. This is what God said. This is the hope that is preparing the way. He had silence and then his mouth was loose when he spoke in line with hope. Elizabeth, it says that she burst into song as she carried hope. Hope changed her disgrace into a place of praise and glorifying of God. What about Joseph who changed his entire life and ended up being used by God in this plan that would change all of our lives? What about Mary? It says that she sang and she glorified God when she realized hope was here. Our confession changes when we get closer to hope. Our actions change when we get closer to hope. Our lives begin to reflect the hope that is here when we change our proximity. Every person in the Christmas story that we can read about, from Mary to the wise men to the shepherds, what were they all doing? They were becoming signposts to say hope is here. From the star that said hope is here, from the wise men that bowed down and said hope is here from the ones who held the baby right there in the temple from Simeon and Anna who when they held Jesus as a child in the temple began to prophesy about the future hope is here I tell you when you hold hope when you get close to hope you prophesy about the future your strength is renewed your peace 
it becomes that peace that passes understanding. You know, in Isaiah, it tells us this. Let me read it to you from Isaiah 40, verse 28. It says this. And I love this verse and I'm praying this verse over all of your lives today because I'm believing that God is going to actually awaken hope inside of you today. And when hope awakens inside of you, this is what happens. Let me turn to it. See, that's what happens when you don't follow your notes and you get carried away, church. Here we go. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men can stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles and they will run and not grow weary and they will not walk and not be faint. Hope is here. And when you grasp hold of hope, your strength is renewed. When you grasp hold of hope, you run and you don't grow weary. When you grasp hold of hope, you walk and you are not faint. And there's something about that today that I believe God has for you. The news that he wants you to grab a hold of is hope is here. So why are you over there? Move your life to the vicinity of hope and let us all in this season become signposts of hope. Let us point people towards hope. Let us speak and prophesy hope. Let us make sure that we say loud and clear to everyone that's wondering, everyone who's maybe lost on the map of life, let's put hope back on the map and let's say to everyone we know, this season we want you to know hope is here. Hope for your marriage, hope for your children, hope for your future. You don't have to be disappointed. You don't have to feel inadequate. You don't have to be fearful. You don't have to feel like life is out of your control. Hope is here and his name is Jesus. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. And this month we are reminding you church over and over again that hope is here. Hey, thank you so much for watching. We pray to God that you've been impacted by how great God's word is, by how great God's plan is for your life. But I do want to say, if you need prayer for anything, then drop us a line, drop us an email. We would love to hear from you so that we can pray for you and just continue on this journey of building life together. Have a great week, month, year ahead.